This is Channel 253. In this episode of Citizen Tacoma. It's this very strange thing that as soon as you go from being a candidate for a position and being elected to the body, Mm -hmm. you are a part of the institution. I think that your identity before is just Andrea Cobb, community member, born and raised in Tacoma, loves education, and is here for my own reasons. That goes away, and you become a part of the board, or you're part of the district, quote-unquote. You are the district. So in spite of your connections, you have to— As other people see you, and as as you see yourself a little bit, too. I, I think that's true. Channel 253 is supported by Microsoft. Microsoft is committed to civic conversations like those on Channel 253 that inform and empower Washington communities. To learn more, visit aka.ms slash Microsoft in Washington. Welcome back to another Citizen Tacoma. I'm your host, Eric Hanberg, and we're talking with former school board director Andrea Cobb. And this is a conversation about governing in local office. So filing week is coming up uh, just in a couple weeks. And if you're interested in what you might be getting into, if you file, run, and win, tune in. Welcome back, uh, listeners of Citizen Tacoma. My guest today is former school board director Andrea Cobb. Andrea, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's really good to have you uh, to talk about governing. So often what happens in April and May is people start talking about like what it's like to run for office, mm-hmm. which is a whole thing. And there are the episodes of Citizen Tacoma about that. But I also feel like people don't necessarily know like what they're getting into if they win all Mm. the time. And I wanted to talk about governing. It sounds like a great conversation. Cool. And both of us are have governed. Uh, do you want to talk about your experience uh, on the school board? Yeah. I just wrapped up in December, a six-year term serving on the Tacoma School Board. Um, we are a five-member elected board. I say we still, but yeah, they. <laughs> it's a five-member elected board, each who serve at large, and we serve, um, I think it just said six-year terms. So it was definitely... A role where you have chance to settle in, yeah. chance to get to know the organization, its yep. history, the people who run the place on a day-to-day basis, and really um, think about a long game. So it was a great experience for me overall. My yeah. background is in education in terms of work and career, so it was an interesting meld of serving my community but bringing kind of other training and expertise to bear on the role too. What drew you to wanting to be in the seat? Um, friends. <laughs> I, I imagine that at some point in time, I might consider a run for the school board. But at the time, the seat that I ran for was going to be open. And so it was kind of pressure from friends, like, if not you, then who? Mm. I also thought at that point in time, the school district was on a really good trajectory. Um, I think we have a recent memory and current memory of COVID, of other challenges within the district and in the world. To, that are fresher in our minds, but yeah. at that point in time, six years ago, things were looking really well. We were on a good path in terms of strategic plan, community partnerships, graduate Tacoma movement. So I just wanted to be a part of continuing that success. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So let's talk about what it's like to, you get sworn in. Mm-hmm. In my case, like I took a oath of office that pledged to uphold the, like the laws of the Constitution yep. and stuff. I was like, I didn't know I had to do that. Um, so you get into the seat. What's the first experience like? Because I was not exactly ready for it. I was like, I'm buying a lot of things. Like I'm just approving a lot of contracts. Yeah. And it feels like it's eating up just a lot of this time. It's not It's not what everyone expects. Mm-hmm. Well, in the partic- in my particular case, or in the case of school board members, it's very fast. Yeah. Um, typically, in a lot of locally elected roles, you don't start until January. But with the school board, you start at the next regular board meeting after the results are certified. So early so December or late November. Early, de- yeah. early December that we started. And I remember pretty distinctly my very first meeting, we were approving the purchase of several new school buses. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is a big expense. I wasn't at the last meeting. Did we talk about this? And so it was all of a sudden, okay, I'm responsible for helping to make these decisions. So there was just the reality of sitting in the seat, being up on that dais right. and engaging in public comment or not engaging, or not. <laughs> receiving public comment. And so it was just um, like that was the probably the real yeah. moment where it became real. But Did I, you buy the school buses? Did we, we did buy the buses. <laughs> I can't remember because I know that it was something I considered. I can't remember if I voted on it or not. I actually had a discussion with the superintendent at the time about should I abstain. And I just remember, okay, no, your job is to make these decisions. So abstentions down the road had a different kind of process. It's like for conflicts, conflict of interest maybe. But never else did I think I should be abstaining. That's my job. So that was the reality of kind of day one. But I I found like I learned very quickly that like there's no like – it's it's a very it's an it's an important tool that mm-hmm. vote, but it only has two settings. Yep. You know, yes, no, mm-hmm. and I remember that with something like, um, you know, tents and parks around homelessness. Yeah, it's like if I could shape this the way like I wanted it to, I would be comfortable voting for it. But like, I don't get to make those. You know, it's like I'm voting yes or I'm voting no. Yeah, and that that's binary can be hard to deal with sometimes. Yeah, and I think for me. And the culture that we tried to build in my time on the school board, all of our business is supposed to. And I think we did a really good job of conducting our business in public. But that doesn't mean that every question you ask about an issue has to happen at the public meeting. So I do think that we, as a body of governors and with staff and our partnership, had a decent relationship around getting to a level of comfort with whatever decision you were making. Yeah, I don't think in most cases people voted no on an issue because they didn't have a chance to ask every question and to push on every side of the decision that they wanted to. It was just that in the very end, it just didn't land in the place that they wanted it to. So I very rarely had to vote no on issues because we were, we are, the staff did a great job of not putting us in positions where things were emergent unless it really was an emergency, but we didn't create and have like a false sense of urgency on the team around big decisions. So that was, a, a part of governing, I guess, I think, building I think, that culture. Absolutely. And what you're talking about mirrors my experience with Metro Parks because mm-hmm. there was so much that would, I feel like, where the board would, in its conversations, you know, Sean was the executive director, where I would mm-hmm. be talking to him one-on-one. He was talking one-on-one with every board member. What do you care about? What's yep. it really interesting to you? Hey, we're thinking about doing this. 
and we all might have our different opinions, and then the public would see it. Mm-hmm. And so by the time it did get to us, it was probably pretty good. Yep. And so you're right, the need to like vote no, um, I think I voted no in 12 years, five to ten times at most. Mm-hmm. And one of those times was like really significant because it had to be a unanimous vote. And I did take something and I stopped it dead in its tracks and that was kind of hard in certain ways. Like I I wasn't quite prepared to like what that would mean afterward. Um, but most of the time it would be like four to one because I just wasn't going to, you know, I tried to cajole my fellow board members like, no, no, this is too fast or this isn't the right thing. But like at some point you just, you vote and you move on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting thing. It is. Yeah. Well, and just in general, um, I'm thinking about just my perspective or my experience sitting in that seat and acting as a governor. There's just a lot of information yeah. to take in from lots of different sources. And ultimately to this point around making a yes or no decision, it is kind of your job. <laughs> like you're elected in some way to be a voice of your community, but in other ways you were elected to exercise your delegated authority. And in our case, it was state and federal law around education. And you are responsible for taking in all of that feedback and making the best decision you can. And it isn't to not make not to not make any decision. So I took that pretty seriously. Like that's what we're there for. Right. Take it all in. It's and oftentimes the decision that you make might not be the one you make for yourself as an individual, but it's the one that you think is best for the body, right. for now, for the future. Right. Um, for the people who are coming after you who have to deal with the implementation of the thing. Yeah. I'm just taking all that in. So a lot of people, um, especially people who are interested in politics or got interested in politics, watched something like Jed Bartlett on the West Wing. <laughs> and maybe they were inspired and they wanted to get into politics. Um, is governing especially at a small uh, relatively small you know school district is of course mm-hmm. huge in many other ways but like you know it's not the federal government is <laughs> governing in local office like the west wing in your experience uh, i don't i don't know if i'd say it's like the west wing <laughs> i have friends actually who became volunteers in the obama era and actually worked in the west wing so i would say no it's not quite like the west wing but it is tense at times um other times it's really like so like a really celebratory environment. There's highs and lows to the experience. Yeah. There are often though really consequential decisions that you're making for the lives of all the thirty thousand plus students in the district, the five thousand plus adult employees of the district, and for all of the other staff and partners who are gonna be impacted by the decision. So I'd say Oftentimes, though, there are elements of um, there's always an underlying need to be strategic. So maybe that's something that is similar. And if you aren't thinking strategically, I think that's not really being the best governor that you can be. Strategic in both the what is in our strategic plan sense and does the issue that we're debating align well with the goals that we've established there but also strategic in terms of our relationships with the legislature and um, knowing what the needs of our community are and 
yeah. what is the now need and what is going to be the need two years from now. Strategic in that you you have a certain you, you have a certain amount of money and you're trying mm-hmm. to get it. How do you use this best? Who do you need to like? Oh, they really care about this. This legislator from you know the 27th or 29th and like if we can get them on board all of that stuff that you're talking about yep and what's going to be best for us to lead on and what where are we best positioned to be partners and to follow totally so thinking through all those pieces and trying to and I'm saying this as if the board is doing all this it's really working in partnership with staff who are doing this on a day-to-day basis what what about so this this conversation about the strategic stuff gets me to another question. Mm-hmm. Some people who hate politics or who think that they would never go into it think that because they think it's going to be like House of Cards, where yeah. there are schemes within schemes and everyone's backstabbing each other. And like, is that is that what it's like? <laughs> it was not like that for us. <laughs> uh, no, um, you know, it's. A, I would say in the case of the school board in particular, we are like the most volunteer of volunteer electives, <laughs> I think. Maybe Metro Parks can rival us. We're but, probably close, yeah. Closer <laughs> to that than city have, council, maybe. We don't have like dedicated office space. We don't have dedicated staff assistants or policy analysts yep. working on Same. it. Yeah. So we are there for regular board meetings. We're there for um, planning sessions. We're there for... Um, and we have one-on-ones with the superintendent and others, too. Right. But it isn't like we can be the experts in the room. Like some of us come with background in education or a background in other um, local um, – in, working at other local institutions. So we have things to bring to bear, but we are not going to know every, every in and out of the district and every in and out of every issue. So we can't be – App operating in a house of cards fashion and effectively govern with our colleagues. So I, I think that in my experience, I was very fortunate to have colleagues who didn't necessarily always agree on issues and didn't always start in the same place. But we were um, not... Um, we didn't question the fact that we make decisions as a body. Yeah. You as an individual board member don't have the power and authority to move things. The superintendent and the deputy were, I think, confident that they didn't have to respond to one member's wants all the time. So you couldn't really operate in a one woman or one man fashion. You right. had to have the support of your colleagues. So it didn't benefit you to, it wouldn't have benefited me yeah. to operate. In yeah. There, I don't think that there was, you know, I can't think of like horse trading, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, vote for my thing if I'll vote for your, like it just, um, at the, at the level of Metro Parks, it wasn't really a, th- a thing. I am curious, though, because there's a flip side to this, mm-hmm. which is when you do come in passionate, when you come in ready to make um, change happen, some elected officials can get very stymied because, as you just said, it's not set up to one person. Can, you know, so so how do you wrestle with that? Because like like on the one hand, you work as a body, but on the other hand. How do you say, like, I did that? Because mm-hmm. you didn't do that. You did it with a group of people. Yeah. Um, staff, board. Like, how do you—and so it can sometimes hurt, make someone really frustrated because they're like, I can't get in, and sometimes they want to be staff. It's like, if you wanted to make this change, you should have applied for a job there, not be elected. But I'm curious. Yeah, that's definitely a transition you have to make in your mind when you ran on a particular issue or you thought that you were going to be able to come in and in year one make a certain change. I think most of us probably came into office with something that we really wanted to do. And 
learned pretty quickly that it wasn't feasible to do it overnight if there was will to do it. And not just will among staff, but um, a good governor, I think, um, can have have ideas. We need to have ideas about improving the institution that we are leading. But we have to be humble enough to ask what's happening on that issue already. My big thing was family engagement. <laughs> like, okay. I wanted to know everything about what was happening with family engagement. I came in with a pre-existing relationship with the staff person who was leading that work. But I had to temper that even too. Like it's not my role to be all in that staff person's world now that I'm not just her friend. I'm a board member. I need to work with the superintendent. But I do want to know what is happening related to this issue. And then you figure out, oh, there's a lot more in motion than I knew from the outside looking in. And these things and these changes just take time. Yes. And it isn't necessarily just about get, having support for the thing that you want. And sometimes you need to do the work to build support among both your colleagues and among staff to see your vision. But even once the vision is there and people are bought into it, you have to decide, does this organization have the capacity to implement this thing right now? Right. Is it the right time? Is it worth the benefit to put staff through the work of having to create a structure for it, for us to have to figure out the right policy framework for it. Do we have the capacity right now to do this thing well? So I'll, a lot of times it is like figuring out that, oh, the thing that you want to do has already been done, been tried, and <laughs> your idea is not that great. Or the thing that you want to do and you think is going to be so revolutionary, it, there's always already wills in motion or the wills could be in motion but we just it's not the right time we don't have the capacity and so sometimes it's just about patience it's about um, playing the long game and figuring out when the right time is it's about sometimes building the will with the legislature to do it down there so that you don't have to do it on your own up here so there's lots of different um, reasons why those ambitions that you might come in with around making this big change don't come about, but it doesn't mean that you don't find that place where the change should be, where your energy should be placed and redirect it. What is a typical month like on mm -hmm. the school board? Uh, it depends on the time of the year. <laughs> sure. You Let's know, not do December. <laughs> you know, I, after five years, or maybe it was four years in, and it for me, I had a, um interesting uh, career on the board. When I started, I was the newest member, and I think the people who had been there the shortest period of time were just starting their second term, or maybe in their fourth year, coming up on five. So I was new. By the time I was leaving, I was the most senior board member, oh. and had had the opportunity to see new people elected, appoint people, so it was a big shift. Well, and in that but, first year, you had Debbie mm -hmm. Winskill, who had yeah, been who had on been, 24 to 30 years. When so Debbie of, left, she was finishing her 30th year, I believe. Wow. So I had a, a board that had long history, both in service at the district level and long histories in politics, like Karen Vial had been our mayor sure. and all these things. So um, I wasn't the one in the position to see patterns through the year. But by the time I was leaving or by the time I had colleagues who were in their first year and the typical September issues came around, I was the one who could say, oh, this happens every year. Every year we get uh, frustrated emails from families because in their inboxes, how I mark the year, frustrated emails from families because we're doing the teacher shuffle. Yep. But we have to every year to balance yeah. classrooms, balance um, teaching staff in the various buildings because of how families enrolled or didn't enroll and show up in different places. So depending on the year, September's big for shuffle and um, getting ready for the year and staffing and, and 
actually through the beginning of October. That's kind of the norm. The winter and fall months are always interesting, too, because people have settled in and it's before the um, winter holiday break. And I think schools are really in a groove. Mm. Winter fall sports are wrapping up. So um, the work, though, in terms of the flow of meetings is pretty predictable. Usually it's two regular meetings a month along with the study session. Um, sometimes you're having your one-on-one meetings with the superintendent and the deputies. Committee Somet- meetings in sometimes there Sometimes there are some committee meetings. There are also some community meetings throughout the year that we participate in. So the month, the structure of the regular meetings and the regular board engagement stays relatively consistent through mm-hmm. the school year, but it's the ebbs and flows of of what's happening with students, staff, and families that makes for the changes and the different heights of the waves around our regular kind of business. Yeah. So I found at Metro Parks it would be like a light month would have – a really light month would be like four to six meetings, Mm -hmm. four meetings given everything. And then when you throw in like the ribbon cuttings, the special evenings, the the, the – an all-day mm-hmm. board retreat, like you throw it, like sometimes it could be yeah. 10 to 12 yep. um, pretty easily. And some, you know, it, it wouldn't be hard to get to that depending on what was happening at, at Metro Parks. Yeah, I would say if you're in the role of president or vice president, Absolutely. there's a f- fair, far, num- far more meetings and opportunities to engage than there yeah. are if you aren't in a leadership role. And for us, leadership roles... I mean, you run a meeting. <laughs> sure. It's not a whole lot of additional decision-making authority, but it is does mean that you're the first one to get called to yep. participate in something like you just mentioned, a ribbing, a school opening or... Uh, hey, uh, we're, we're mm-hmm. trying to do this thing at the county and we need you to call mm-hmm. a county council member and talk something through with them or something like that. You know, like sometimes you'd have those elected to elected things that would happen if you were mm-hmm. in the president role. Yep. That is true. We also have like roles like a legislative liaison. So that person during the legislative session is much more engaged um, with staff and what's happening down in Olympia or even sometimes our federal relations. Um, So we carve out special roles. But to your point around the commitment, it's probably the regular meetings plus maybe six to ten more hours a month on top of that, I would say. And the the reading – the reading and the inbox, uh, you know, processing oh. <laughs> your inbox and all of that. That's not even really counted in the meeting list it because isn't. you have to be prepared for these things and you have to know yeah. what's happening. Yeah. And I would say to folks who are interested in roles like Metro Park, serving on that board or the school board, that commitment of communication varies significantly in how in the sense of how much support you'll have for meeting that meeting your obligations right I, without having dedicated staff it it was an adjustment to really gear up for engaging with all the email communication that came at different points in the year based on what was happening in schools or what was happening in the community yeah and i'd say that in addition to just being present physically in meetings um you have to create some structure for yourself and some boundaries for yourself too and just be okay and give yourself grace <laughs> about not um, meeting every potential obligation that you could give to yourself because yeah. there's a ton of expectation for communication and in some of these volunteer elected roles there just isn't the um, 
structural supports in place always yeah. to help you meet those. Everyone can, I mean, you, you don't work for the, you do, but you don't. You don't work for the district, you work for the public or, you know, in, in both cases. And so in that way, you can choose how you show up for um, for things. And like I found once I had kids, I was really less interested in doing like observing the design charrette that with the public because I was going to see it eventually anyway. And it was time away from the kids. And I was already doing my Monday nights for the the meetings. Mm-hmm. And so that I was just like, I know Andrea Smith also on the board will be there. Like, like I was just going to have to show up in a different way because it was too much for me. Yeah. Um, and everyone can kind of choose. But at the same time, I was way more likely to respond to emails than mm-hmm. any of my colleagues. <laughs> so like, like what works for yeah. you? And you can kind of tailor that. And it's your choice because you work for the public. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing, too, as, uh, in thinking about the body and how it governs. Like you have to maybe set some standards as a group for how you're going to what the minimum standard is. But then on top of the minimum, every person does really have to do what's best for them and for their family and what they can manage. Um, these roles don't come with a handbook of like no. expectations. Like you will respond to every email within 24 hours. <laughs> so that's those are guardrails that you kind of have to set as a group and for yourself too. And to your point around dividing and conquering, yes, you can't all be present at everything. It's just not um, always feasible from a time and availability standpoint, but it's also like every time there's more, there's a quorum of you (laughs) that needs to be noticed. So um, there are those challenges too, but I think there isn't any one way to do it. And we all have different strengths and different um, skills to bring to the role. And once you figure out what yours are and lean into those, I think it shows that you've settled into your sweet spot and people know to go to you for certain things or to lean on you and expect you to ask certain questions and or to have a certain perspective. So it's okay to not be everything that the role could be, it, but to be you and to bring your best to that role as governor. Let's take a break here, and when we come back, we will talk about specifically what it's like to work for the public. Sounds good. Stick around. This is Eric Hanberg, co-founder and publisher of Channel 253. This episode is sponsored by Bench. What is Bench? Bench is an amazing bookkeeper for your micro, small, or large business. You get on-call bookkeepers supporting your business with a low monthly fee. They do the books for you every month, answer questions, and help give you the financial clarity you need. I was so glad to find them for Channel 253. Bench has been so easy to work with. They walked me through the initial setup on the phone and then got to work. In a couple of days, they had done what I could never seem to get around to. In the years since then, they categorize expenses and income and flag things that need more information, all through the website or an app. The reports are beautiful and helpful, and my reports are packaged up for the accountant at the end of the year. It's taken something that was a real pain point for me and made it something very easy, if not downright enjoyable, all for a low, flat monthly fee. Best of all, you can get your first month free just to see if you like it. To give Bench a spin and explore the software, use this special link, channel253.com slash bench. Got that? Channel253.com slash bench to learn more and claim your free month of bookkeeping. 
Welcome back. Thank you to our sponsor and thank you to the members of Channel 253 who help keep the lights on. You can support this podcast and the many others on Channel 253 by going to channel253.com slash membership, $4 a month or $40 a year. Um, it really is meaningful. It really makes a difference. So think about it, channel253.com slash membership. So let's come back uh, to our conversation around the public and this part of our job because I think sometimes people are scared off by this part, um, but they also don't really know what it means. You know, you see on TV Tacoma, you see people really upset at um, the city council or, you know, something like that. And they think that that's what the whole job is like because mm-hmm. it's just like people yelling at you. Um, and they only yell at you sometimes. <laughs> so I guess it's worth talking about this. And I think that we can do this in the spirit of informing people who are interested in this. Mm-hmm. Um you, we might not have this conversation if we were both still in elected office because it might come off as complaining if we were saying something about, like, where the public can be frustrating. But I think we can talk about it in a good way. Yeah. So that's that's kind of, I think, the first thing that I want to say. One of the things that I experienced was I learned very early on that, like, someone will always be mad at you. Mm-hmm. And I we had a vote, and it was like we were going to move, actually working with the school district. We were going to swap a middle school with a park so that they didn't have to – they wanted to build the new school on where the park was and then rebuild it on the other side. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the neighbors really didn't like it. And so they were going to be mad at us if we let it happen. And some of the parents really didn't want their kids to be bused somewhere else for the year while they were building the school. So they would have been mad at us if we didn't do it. And I realized, like, you can't thread the needle on this one. Like, someone's not going to be happy with you and you just have to make your best your best choice. Mm-hmm. Um and that was very, that was like within two months of starting. So I was happy to learn that early. Um, someone's always someone. I shouldn't say always. Very often, someone won't like what you do. Mm-hmm. I have a lot to say about this I, topic. Okay, <laughs> and I agree with you a hundred percent. A lot of times, someone is going to be upset with you, and I have several examples of this. But I just from a from a word of advice perspective. Okay. I remember telling a colleague on the board who had recently been elected, who was very rooted in the community in the same way that I felt I was. <laughs> and sometimes being in these roles can uproot you a little bit when sure. you get the the mad at you um, comments from constituents. But it is this very strange thing that as soon as you go from being a candidate for a position okay. and being elected to the body, mm-hmm. you are a part of the institution. I think that your identity before is just Andrea Cobb, community member, born and raised in Tacoma, loves education, and is here for my own reasons. Yeah. That goes away, and you become a part of the board, or you're part of the district, quote-unquote. Right. You are the district. So right. in spite of your connections, you as, have as to— As other people see you and as, as you see yourself a little bit, too. I, I think that's true. I think it, the transition for me, I think for a lot of folks, is a little bit slower as how you see yourself— you, it takes a minute to start saying we, but if your title is school director on the website, that is how people see you. So that's a quick transition. So all the baggage that an institution has is yours now, in a way. Yeah. Like you can say, I've only been here two months, but okay, how long is it until you can't say I've only been here so long before you have to own the issues? So that's a word of advice. Just be prepared to own the issues. But to your point, like for every major controversy 
that I experienced during my time on the board, I would say something. I can give the list of the things that stand out to me. Before this pandemic, we had an outbreak of measles and mumps. Okay. <laughs> we had some lead in some water in I some remember schools. That. Yep. We had a teacher strike. Yep. We had um, COVID. We had the appointment of a new superintendent. We had experience changing a couple of names of our um, sure. middle and high school. Sure. For every big decision that has um, the potential for strong feelings on either side, your inbox is going to be filled with messages that counter one another. Yep. For every yes, I can read a no. <laughs> for every strong yes, I can read an even stronger no. So it really does go back to your role as governor and your role as a person who is a part of this community, who has responsibilities to your to your neighbors, but who also has responsibilities to this, to the institution, to the students, to staff. And you're in a very privileged seat because you have access to every bit of confidential information that is never going to see the light of day for right. a community. The things that can't be shared, you have access to. So it really is on you to be okay with f- making the best decisions that you think you can with all the information that you're bringing to bear. And sometimes that doesn't mean that the community is going to be happy with you. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it just comes, I think it, it, every issue, every tough issue um, is going to yield a decision that not everybody is happy with. And I think that's just the nature of making tough issues, making decisions on tough issues. Yeah. I think also, um, in my experience, you know, those those times where it was fraught for whatever reason mm-hmm. were probably really outweighed by the number of times we were at, you know, the ribbon cutting of the new park and everyone mm-hmm. just loved it and they're clapping and they're so excited. Now, often those people aren't like emailing you and saying, you know, like, we love this. We're so excited. They're telling you in person and you have to be there to get that. You know, you have to be there to show up, to actually interact with the public. And in those situations, most of the time people are polite, respectful. They are um, happy for what you've done for their community because, like, in general, the school district and Metro Parks are doing really good things for the community. Mm-hmm. And many people see that. Yeah. Um, it's just that sometimes the the downsides can are the ones that weigh on on yeah. you a little bit more in my experience. At least I'm, I'm not as easy to shrug it off because um, – <laughs> I'm, I just wasn't necessarily ready for it, for for feeling of like, yep. I let this person down. Um, and it's it's hard sometimes because it's like I did, I, I made my best vote or, you know, or I tried mm-hmm. my best or like I just knew it was never going to work. Mm-hmm. And that can be a hard feeling sometimes. Yeah, I wasn't really ready, ready for it either. And I think the part that's hardest to shrug off is the attribution from the community to to you around certain intentions mm. like to be told that you intend to harm and to for that to be the narrative was really difficult i can i can understand people just disagreeing with the direction that something is going but to assert that you intend to be harmful or you don't care about this group of people or you don't care about our students. Those things are the harder parts for me to shrug off because at those moments is where you really have to lean in like remind yourself who you are and why you serve. But (laughs) that's harder to shrug off. One of yeah. And I think I'll add to just because of the timing of my service. Mm. I understood it though, because there was a lot in national politics to start to feel like people intended to do harm. Mm. 
And I think the national narratives and the national context, um, it's easy to bring that home. That's a really insightful To bring point. it local. And so I found on a number of occasions I'd be interacting with someone I knew personally on an issue, and I'd have to stop them, like, hold, hold, hold up. We are actually values aligned on this thing. This is not a fight. We don't have to fight on this part. You don't have to come to the meeting upset about this part. We agree on that part. The part that we have to figure out a way forward around is when and how. Yeah. But we are values aligned. And so I, 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 the insight came from having a few of those moments where it was like, oh, you think that we are going to disagree with you on that part. But actually, no, we agree. We th- all think that that's best for our kids, best for this community. But we don't see a way forward on that right now. Yeah. Or we need this additional resource to do that when you want it. Or we're still trying to figure out the logistics around this thing or the negotiation around right. this thing. So, right. One of the things that I found was um, one time I was uh, early on. Uh, there was a, like a comment thread on Facebook that someone else was having complaining about something about Metro Parks. And I, I jumped in and answered her, you know, and got a very frosty uh, – <laughs> it was not welcome. And I learned that, like, some people will tag me and invite me into something, you know, or message me or mm-hmm. – and, like, then I can, can weigh in. But, like, not everyone – wants their elected person to like jump in sometimes people just want to vent a little bit yeah and it's not my place to like jump in um what i did really like and when it comes to like working with the public was helping people fight through bureaucratic frustration yeah like that became something that i was really passionate about Mm -hmm. because sometimes systems just you know over time, it's like this doesn't make sense for maybe this particular use case or maybe like they're having, you know, I can just like, hey, this is the person to talk to. Mm-hmm. Or I can like, for lack of a better word, kind of like pitch a fit and say, you know, like this is not right. We've got to do better here and like try to advocate for these citizens. Mm-hmm. And it's not a policy level, but like you can make a difference, you know, like help this business get their thing to be better at integrating with the parks or like I found that in that regard that part of working for the public like just helping them understand the system helping them navigate it and advocating for them often on this like individual level was one of the most rewarding parts of it because like I got the system and for Mm -hmm. someone else who maybe you know a day before they googled me didn't even know that there was a park district (laughs) you know like (laughs) help them understand like here's where you should go here's how you can change this, fight this, you yeah. know, correct it, whatever it is. That was one of the most rewarding parts about working with the public. Yeah, I agree with you. Like the issues I was just, I think that are top of mind for me were the ones that were like squarely in our control yeah. and the dynamics around um, public engagement around those. But to your point, I really appreciated being in the, it's hard as a school board member because we would get individual calls and emails from parents related to an issue that they were experiencing with their child and being in a position to like make sure that someone's responding was a great feeling. Yeah. But it was also um, less than 
like not it was a great feeling to be able to ask a question and make sure there was movement but those issues were usually not in our wheelhouse as school as board members it was like a teacher to a principal to the maybe the superintendent but it was usually like something that was squarely in the world of day-to-day how we do school and operations but seeing what i really appreciated when the community would bring some of that stuff forward is that it helped us see patterns and when we could see something that wasn't just an individual individual family's challenge or an individual student's challenge, we could see a pattern that put us in a position to start having conversations around culture or around maybe we do need a policy that helps to take away a level of discretion around this particular issue because it seems like the way that discretion is being used is leading to inequitable outcomes. And so it was really helpful for families to bring up issues, not because we could solve them as individual board members because that just really wasn't our role, but it was helpful for us to see, like I said, those patterns and to figure out what was within our scope of authority to ask about or to create some different structures about that helped to get to different outcomes for other students beyond just the one family who was currently impacted. Yeah. I remember sometimes people would bring something. Um, let's, you know, if we can't have a restroom in every park, let's have, you know, honey buckets. Mm-hmm. And they would bring this to me. And like in my head, I could go through the whole list of why there was just no way it was going to work. But like, what do I say to that person there? Do mm-hmm. I take a half hour to say, like, here's all of the constraints on us and why we're not yeah. probably going to do that? Do I. Do I lie and say, like, I'll get it done? You know, mm-hmm. like, like, how do I respond to that person? And I think a lot of elected officials have trouble there because it's yep. like if you're trying to explain, the person just thinks you're, like, part of the system and, yep. like, they didn't hear me. But, like, I did hear them. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it or, you know, or fix it. Yeah. I, I eventually came up with um, I'll look into it or mm-hmm. I'll see, you know, like, I'll look into it. Like, and that is something that is honest and that I can't, I will do. Mm-hmm. But I can't promise much more than that sometimes because it's just not at the level that I can deal with it as a board member. Yeah. You know, that resonates with me 100 percent. And it actually speaks to why I really appreciated our six year terms, Mm. because you can't do something about it now. But when you're building something new, you can ask, Okay, how many bathrooms are we going to have in this new facility? Raises it to your consciousness in a different way that you may not have. Um, had it been there before it also makes you think okay when we're in our next like joint municipal action committee meeting like maybe there's something like around bathroom user access to facilities that we can all kind of think about together so when people use their voice to raise issues if they can be a little bit patient and acknowledge that problems today don't get fixed always overnight it does that community impact Input does help to fuel like creativity and to yeah. put bugs in different people's ears who may three years from now be in a position to do something different about it. Yeah. I, I think about some neighbors on like uh, the east side near Portland Avenue Park who were regular features at board meetings. They were advocating. Yep. Um, and we may not have addressed their particular issues. Mm mm-hmm. Um, but they really did get our attention and we steered things, you know, um, uh, a a spray ground to be constructed there. And like, it's, they, I think would, many of them would look at it and say like, it was not a success. Like we didn't get what we wanted, Mm -hmm. but I can see 
a lot more attention from Metro Parks at the elected level, at the staff level, to addressing some of their concerns on a timeline that worked for Metro Parks. Probably not for the people there, unfortunately, like, you know, immediately there. But over time, that's that will actually pay off. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what it makes me think about is like in being in this role, you in order to reflect the community's wants and wishes um, for schools in my case, we had to have a collective sense of community values around education, and that's not always present. Hmm. So sometimes you have to lead with your own, and I don't think that's helpful. I think you then defer to your body, but the more community input you can get, the more people are talking in ways that are productive and not just um, raising every issue, the more we're having community conversation about what we want for our schools, the more your governors are in a position to a stronger, they have a stronger leg to stand on to push for the things that really do matter. But it's hard sometimes when you're a relatively large city, you have different neighborhoods, different um, um just different assets in different places to create policies and structures and systems that work for everyone. But the more people are talking in ways that are like constructive, the better chance you have at doing it all together, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I want to close by talking about balancing elected service with life in general, especially mm-hmm. uh, as two parents. Like mm-hmm. there was. I having stepped down now, like one of my goals is to get those Monday nights back with my kids. <laughs> On the other hand, they got to do some really cool things, you know, because yeah. of Metro Parks, like flip the switch at Zoo Lights or something like that. So like, <laughs> like they got some 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 benefits out of it. Like it's a it's a it's a blessing, but also like it is a sacrifice of time mm. for the public. And I'm curious what your experience was like in that balance. Yeah, you know, our board, and I think this is a culture of the district in general, values, family. Um, No one ever held it against a board member for leaving early to get to that game Mm. because you hadn't been to any yet this season, like, or because you said that you would be at the mall. And I think that was important in the value that we held. But it is time away. Um, But it also, I think in these roles, both in Metro Parks and on the district, gives you a different level of insight into what's actually happening in the schools and what's happening at, with parks and park use that you just can't—you also can't take um, for granted as you sit in that seat. So it is a period of time, and kids grow fast, and, yep. and it's time missed, but it's also a way for you to amplify their experience in those places while they're there. So it's it's yeah. there are highs and lows about the time and the commitment, but it is it's it's amazing to me how you just settle into these Thursdays are for the district, and how quickly the switch flipped when I no longer have that obligation. Oh, yeah? I still get the Facebook, I'm only a few weeks in. So <laughs> I still you get tell the me. Facebook notification that the meeting has started, and I can't help but click. But um, it. It was a privilege to serve. It was a privilege to be able to be in the seat to ask the questions. Absolutely. And to be at those school groundbreakings and to see the schools come up and to see just the way that the quality of our facilities and the quality of the educational program that we were trying to um, implement impacted 
folks' lives. The yeah. best parts were seeing students show up and give public comment. And in spite of what a test score or the test score averages might say, every time they came, I was like, these kids will be all right. <laughs> They're going to be all right. They can get up here and speak their mind and raise an issue or thank us for a thing in this public setting in front of this people sitting up on high, they're going to be all right. So it was just a privilege overall and definitely a sacrifice of time, but there was a lot of benefits for the time spent. Yeah. I, I love, um, the connection that I have now with the parks and the open space. Like I can walk through Wapato park and like, I know a bunch of stories about it. Just like, you Mm -hmm. know, that elevator might not have been there if we hadn't pushed to get it in because, you yep. know, like, like, like just in the boathouse that they yep. have there, like, like just these these things that um, I know a lot of backstories. I know a lot of history. Uh, I've there's a real connection there. Um, it's nice to see my name on plaques in some of those places. But like um, yeah. I, I, I feel it's not that it's how I feel walking through them and feeling that I had something to do with this. That's a pretty great feeling. It is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we are going to end it there on a pretty great feeling. Yep. So thank you for taking the time to talk about governing in local office. Thanks for inviting me. It's good to be here. Channel 253 is supported by Microsoft. Microsoft is committed to civic conversations like those on Channel 253 that inform and empower Washington communities. To learn more, visit aka.ms slash Microsoft in Washington. Citizen Tacoma is part of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Are Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B-Team, Crossing Division, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.